I remember the day it all started like it was yesterday. I was on a routine patrol through the thick forested area of the national park when I came across a group of teenagers. They looked pale and scared, huddled together in a clearing. I approached them, asking if they were okay. They told me that they had seen something, something they couldn't explain. At first I thought it was just a case of teenage imagination running wild, but then they began to describe the creature they had seen. It was unlike anything they had ever encountered before, they said. It was huge, with long, razor-sharp teeth and glowing red eyes. Its skin was black as coal, and it had wings like a bat. They told me that it had chased them through the woods, and they had only narrowly escaped with their lives. I was skeptical at first, but something in the way they described it made me feel uneasy. I decided to investigate their claims and set out into the woods, following the direction they had come from. The further I went, the more I began to feel that something was watching me. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and my heart was racing. As I entered a small clearing, I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. I turned to face it, but there was nothing there. I dismissed it as my imagination playing tricks on me, and continued on my way. But then I heard a sound, a low growl that sent chills down my spine. I stopped in my tracks, looking around for the source of the noise. That's when I saw it. The creature was real, and it was far more terrifying than the teenagers had described. It was massive, easily ten feet tall, with wings that spanned twice that distance. Its skin was indeed black as coal, and its eyes glowed with a sinister red light. Its teeth were long and sharp, and it let out a bone-chilling roar that echoed through the forest. I froze in terror, unsure of what to do. But then it began to move towards me, and I knew that I had to act fast. I pulled out my rifle, aiming it at the creature. But it was no use. The bullet seemed to bounce off its skin, doing little more than irritating it. It let out another roar, and I knew that I had to run. I turned and sprinted through the woods, trying to put as much distance between myself and the creature as possible. But it was faster than I had anticipated, and it was gaining on me. I could feel its hot breath on the back of my neck, and I knew that I was running out of time. Just as I thought all hope was lost, I saw a small cabin up ahead. I ran towards it, praying that I would make it inside before the creature caught up to me. I threw open the door, slamming it shut behind me, and leaned against it, gasping for air. For a moment, I thought I had escaped. But then I heard the creature outside scratching at the door. I could feel the wood splintering under its massive claws. I knew that it was only a matter of time before it broke through. I was trapped, with no way out. The creature was closing in on me, and I knew that this was it. I braced myself for the worst. But then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature was gone. I waited for what felt like hours, my heart racing, unsure if the creature was really gone or if it was just biding its time. Eventually, I mustered up the courage to leave the cabin and make my way back to the park headquarters. I told my colleagues what had happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought that I had just imagined it, that I was making it up to scare them. But I knew what I had seen, and I couldn't shake the feeling that the creature was still out there, waiting for its next victim. Days turned into weeks, and I continued to patrol the park, always on the lookout for any sign of the creature. But there was nothing. It was as if it had vanished into thin air. I began to think that maybe I had imagined the whole thing, that it had just been a trick of the mind. But then, one night, I heard something outside my cabin, 
It was a low growl, just like the one the creature had made. My heart skipped a beat as I realized that it was back. I grabbed my rifle and cautiously made my way outside, scanning the darkness for any sign of movement. That's when I saw it. The creature was there, lurking in the shadows. It was even bigger than I remembered, and its eyes seemed to glow with an otherworldly light. I aimed my rifle at it, but I knew that it was no use. I had tried that before, and it had done nothing. I backed away slowly, trying to put as much distance between us as possible. But then the creature started to move towards me, and I knew that I was in trouble. I turned and ran as fast as I could, but I could hear its wings flapping behind me, getting closer and closer. I ran until I couldn't run anymore, collapsing in a heap on the forest floor. The creature was standing over me, its eyes fixed on me. I knew that this was it, that I was going to die. But then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, it was gone. I don't know what happened to the creature, whether it was some kind of supernatural being or just a freak of nature. All I know is that it was real, and that it was the most terrifying thing I've ever encountered. I still patrol the park, but now I do it with a sense of unease, always looking over my shoulder, wondering if the creature will come back. And if it does, I don't know if I'll be able to survive it a second time. This is a difficult thing for me to write down, on paper. I had no idea what a cryptid was until my son told me about his encounter, just before it aired on your show. All these years, I have thought that what I had seen was just a very deformed bear. Just so you know, I was driving that night and I never drink and drive. I was 100% sober. I haven't even talked about my encounter since it happened. Until I told my son. Since then, I have told my best friend. She encouraged me to contact you after we listened to my son's episode together. Most evenings, just about an hour before dark, some of us enjoyed going for deer rides. We had a route we would always use. It started out on Rustic Road, which was southwest of our cabin, on Long Lake, just south of Danbury, Wisconsin. The route took us to a place that went through a wildlife preserve, and then we ended up on the road that goes from Hinkley, Minnesota, to Danbury, Wisconsin. The road through the preserve always made me uncomfortable, because it was a swampy bog on both sides of the road. It was a narrow gravel road, and in order to turn around, you would need to go down a very narrow drive to a parking area for hunters. I had only been in one of those parking areas once, and it creeped me out. We never saw deer on that road, so we typically went fast in that area. We would have avoided that gravel road altogether, but we always saw deer just before the preserve and just after. On this evening, it was just my sister-in-law and I that went on the deer ride. This happened 15 or 16 years ago, so we did not have cell phones. Sometimes we would take cameras to take pictures of deer. This night, we didn't have a camera with us. It was a hot night, and we had our windows down because the air conditioner wasn't working. I was driving a large car, a 1998 Cadillac. We had just started down that creepy road when we noticed something black on the road, about a one-half a mile ahead of us. We were driving pretty fast. As we got closer, it appeared to be dark gray in color. It also appeared to have an elongated muzzle. It had its back to us, but it was a little sideways, so we could tell it was eating something in the road. I stopped the car and just kept my foot on the brake. This animal had very wide, muscular shoulders, and its fur was longer than a bear's. Its ears were pointy, like a German shepherd's, and stood straight up on top of its head. This animal had hands. It was holding a dead rabbit, I think. 
I was talking to Amy. I said, what is that? I think I was verbalizing every thought that came into my head. I was totally freaked out. The animal noticed us. It started to turn its head. That's when I turned on my headlights. It wasn't dark yet, but I wanted to see this thing better. It turned and faced my car. The headlights caught its eyes. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Its eyes glowed reddish-orange in the headlights. I freaked. To me, this creature was demonic in nature. Then it stood up straight, on its back legs. As this thing moved, it was jerky, like it wasn't comfortable in its own skin. It was not a natural movement. The animal sprinted at my car. It took at least six steps. I gunned my car right at it. I was in a panic. I was terrified. It turned right, still upright, then dropped to all fours. Its legs had an odd bend in them, like backward knees. I just screamed, what is that? It ran into the swamp and I got the hell out of there. We stopped on the road to our cabin. By then it was dark. When we stopped, Amy and I both cried. We couldn't stop shaking. We talked about what we had just seen. We both agreed we would tell people we had seen a bear. To be honest, at that time I honestly thought it was a deformed bear. Today, I know it was not. I am no longer in denial. What I saw, I cannot understand or explain. It was just plain evil in nature. So wrong. Very wrong. I left my home driving to work. I took my usual route, which is Grouse Flats Road. We are out in an isolated area where there is nothing but farm fields and woods. And at approximately 5.40 a.m., I seen something in my headlights crossing the gravel road. It was a large, bulky figure, and as I was approaching closer, I could see it was covered with a lot of hair. It appeared to be dark brown. It seemed to be taller than average height, and it moved at a quick pace. I was only seeing a side view of it, but it had a long arm which was moving in a very exaggerated way, not like how a person would move their arm. It never stopped to look at me or anything, it just kept moving. Myself and bunch of buddies went camping for four days up near Steamboat, but below, about 35 miles away from Oak Ridge. We camp at this spot up in the middle of nowhere. It's a nice stop, close to the river and open for our campers. We camp with dogs. Well, everything was nice and cool, until myself and a friend took her quads downriver on some trails, park, then started catching some nice natives. And you know, once you start fishing, you always want to move downstream, so I did that. Came up to kind of log jam, where huge logs and sticks were in the stream at once time, but left a sandbar with a little creek. As I was preparing to jump down over the creek onto the sand, I noticed a track, and it was bigger than mine. I am 6 feet 8 with a size 15 shoe. This was about 19 inches. I measured it. I was like, what do you And scared at the same time. This wasn't normal. There were five tracks about 3F apart. Then my hair on my head stared to raise. It gets worse. I walked back up the hill to the trails to tell my friend. And right as I get on the trail, I hear thug thug. Kind of like when you stomp on the ground. I started walking faster. Never looked back. And we don't camp that far up in the wild anymore. We go to like Hills Creek Campground. LOL, I felt I was in his area. And he wanted me to leave by the thugs noises. I was so scared this kind of stuff never happens to people. Only in books and movies. My father and I were camping in a semi-remote area when I was about seven. We spent the day setting up camp where he showed me how to assemble the tent and how to bait my fishing hook. I slipped and fell into the water where we were fishing and I remember hearing my dad yell my name several times before I surfaced. 
The water wasn't very deep, and I pulled myself onto the rocks with the help of my dad. About an hour later it's getting dark, and my dad builds a big fire. He excuses himself as I assume he went to take a piss, and I'm all alone. I sat listening to the crackling of the fire when I heard a voice call my name from the wooded area we walked through earlier. It wasn't a shout, but the inflection and tone was the exact same as my father's earlier. But it did not sound like my dad. I remember how confused I felt. For all intents and purposes, it had to be my dad. But something was very off. I heard my name again, this time closer, and I almost walked over to it, because who else would know my name out there? Right as I'm about to walk over, I see my dad walking out of the adjacent woods, and I ask if he called me. He said no, and I thought he was messing with me, so I let it go. The next day I got really sick and we packed up and left. I haven't thought of that in years, and something I saw on TV reminded me of that. Anyways, just thought I'd share. Thanks for reading. For those who don't know, trust me, I understand why people wouldn't. Bible quiz teams memorize chapters of the Bible and go to tournaments that quiz the participants on different aspects of the chapter and verses. If you get top three in the state, Nationals is next. We ended up the top of our state and won a trip to St. Louis, Missouri, all expenses paid. My dad went with us, which was awesome because my dad is a not super strict Christian and just came with us to hang out and chaperone. While we were at one tournament, he took the day to see our Cajun family, who had moved up to St. Louis. He met us back at an ice cream parlor and looked sweaty and stressed. He pulled me aside and told me on his way back from seeing my tante and uncle he was driving and a car kept tailgating him. He said he tapped the brakes and started to get pissed off like he normally does, but he had a bad feeling so he switched lane lanes to let them pass. The car pulled up to keep speed and he swears he saw a man with no face staring at him from the passenger side of the other car. He said he felt sick and terrified. You have to understand, my dad is USMC Vietnam and has seen some pretty horrific things in his life. This situation freaked him out so much he asked me not to tell the team about it, and to this day doesn't like to talk about it. He's pretty sensitive to paranormal occurrences, but this is one story he says still scares him. I didn't think about it until I heard similar stories and related the stories my great-grandma told. She was full-blooded Cherokee. On my dad's side, we have Navajo roots so far as I've been told. Did he see a skinwalker that day? Does it relate to our background and blood? I've always been curious and creep her out by this story. A little background info. I'm a 27-year-old guy from Norway who lives in the western part of Norway. I work and have a girlfriend. I'm 194 centimeters tall or 6 feet 4 in the US, 230 pounds, fairly athletic, and not scared of much here in life. But that night, I got incredibly scared. I haven't walked, camped, or done anything in the woods here, since. I have been in the woods since, but not in this particular part of the country. I've always loved the forest. It's so quiet. I love being alone, actually. If I have spare time, I always like to do things outside. Whether it be fishing, jogging, playing soccer, basketball, hiking, or whatever, really. Now, on to the encounter. The day was very normal. It was a Saturday afternoon. I had packed my tent and some food and was heading to the local mountain for a one-night camping trip. It wasn't a very difficult hike, but it was a very steep one. After two, three hours, even though I'm in respectable shape, I'm heavy and long. 
I was pretty tired. I didn't have any mobile phone or clock with me, but my best guess is that the time was around 8pm. It's not that easy to guess the time since the sun is up almost all day and all night when it's summertime in Norway. It was a nice and clear Norwegian evening. It was typical summer weather. I made a fire and cooked some food. I had a couple of hot dogs and a pack of marshmallows with me. After a couple of hours, I had eaten my food. Actually, I felt a little sick because I ate probably 10 too many of the marshmallows. I had enjoyed my meal and taking in the heat of the fire, thinking what a lovely evening it was. Eventually, it started to get somewhat dark. I'm going to say the time was probably around 11 p.m. I had planned to kick back and read, but it became a little too dark to do that. Sure, I could see and all, but it became a little hard on the eyes to concentrate on the letters. I probably was a little too tired also. Suddenly, I heard a noise from a bush to my right. I turned to look in that direction and saw it just standing there. It was standing to my right and kind of ahead of me. I've listened to reports and they all say it is some big seven, nine feet monster of a beast. This one really wasn't that big. I would say it was six feet at the most, but it shook me hard. In one moment, I was enjoying a nice evening by myself and in the next moment, I felt extremely startled. It was breathing heavy, like a very tired man, but it sounded animal-like, wild and weird. It sounded like it had throat problems or slime in his throat or something. I really don't know how to describe it with writing. I was still sitting at this point and just looked at it. I believe I was actually frozen in fear. I have never ever encountered anything other than a deer in the woods. The most dangerous animal we have in this area is probably a fox. The creature was frozen as well. It was standing on two legs with its arms down at its sides. I can't say how many seconds we both stayed like this. Of course, it felt like forever, an eternity. I couldn't see its eyes because they were dark and kind of in the shadow of its brow or sockets and it also had some hair, but its head was fixed on me. That I could tell. I was just sitting there, paying attention to what it was doing. I didn't utter a word at it or yell. It just wasn't something I considered doing. I was afraid of making the first move. Now, you know how a cat slowly moves its paws ahead when it thinks it's safe or when it thinks its prey isn't paying attention? Well, to me, that was what it started doing. The incident ended with me throwing a handful of red glowing sticks from the fire at it. When I did that, it bolted. I will tell more if you contact me. I once did an 8 plus hour hike in the Blue Mountains, NSW Australia, when about halfway through a rain thunderstorm started. We were taking shelter under some low bushes to put on rain covers over our bags and equipment. While squatting, I was eating a sandwich, and out of nowhere two ladies half ran past us on the trail. In passing, they mumbled something about leeches, but couldn't really understand what they said. The ladies were just out of sight when I saw the first leech crawling its way towards me, they kind of move by balancing on their heads and tipping their tail over, arching, and they move fast. There were so many of them. We were prepared for a good hike, with long trousers, hiking boots, high socks, but I lost count, pulling leeches of every body part. In my shoes, all over my legs, and some higher on my torso. Slippery bastards, too. You need to really pinch hard to be able to pull them off. Suffice to say, the last three hours of hike were done at lightning fast speed only stopping to remove leeches, to then find us stuck about 30 men before reaching the car. A gentle stream we had passed hours before has turned into a raging wild river several meters wider than before. 
Long story short, we made it across, with some swimming and even more leeches. I do remember the count back at the car. We stripped out our hiking clothes and pulled another 16 leeches off between the two of us. For me, seeing the ground before you littered with moving leeches was by far the most messed up thing I've seen. I used to do a lot of rock climbing in the Sierra Nevadas. My climbing partner and I also liked to cave and just roam, check out whatever we found. We were hiking and climbing below the giant bridge in Northern California everyone base jumps from. Below it we found an abandoned mine with a concrete plug in the main entrance, but we found a path going up the hill a bit and followed it. We found an air shaft that had been opened. So we did our normal, got ropes set up and lowered ourselves in. We had headlamps and were armed, we weren't worried. We went down the tunnels checking random stuff out for 15, 20 minutes or so, no big deal. It was pretty neat. Then it was a big deal, and not neat. We found a door cut in the rock that led to a small chamber, like 15 by 15 or something like that. The entire room was painted gold with weird symbols everywhere. There was a center rock pedestal exactly like an altar which had symbols painted on it as well. Circles with lines through them and dots, just weird symbols. Nothing I could tie to any religion I'm aware of. There was dried blood everywhere. It dries like a brownish red and it was everywhere. On the stone in the center, all over the walls, everywhere. The room was completely clean otherwise. No rock rubble, trash, paint cans, nothing. Like it had been swept. We looked at each other, said, oh F no, and got the F out of there. We tried to tell the authorities but they either didn't believe us or they didn't want to go down there. We never went back. I was hiking in the Wind River Mountains and Kane across two creeps, scaring a young college girl to tears. She was doing stream samples for some study, alone, and they happened along and started harassing her. They told Hay she couldn't leave until she showed them something. Despite not having any signal, I told them I was on the phone with the ranger's office and I also had my .45 visible on my hip, and I escorted her out of there, back down the trail, and back to her car, looking over my shoulder the whole time. Once she was safe and I got signal, I did call the ranger's office and local police and told them what happened. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. At an early age, both me and my brother started seeing ghosts or things we couldn't explain. But when I was in middle school, things started to get a little weirder. One night I woke up and couldn't fall back to sleep, so as I laid on my back, staring at the dimly lit ceiling from my nightlight, I felt my stomach turn. I looked out my bedroom door, my door was always open and I could see partially into my parents' bedroom, and I thought one of my parents were coming out of their room. But it was a tall six-seven-foot man with a brown jacket and brimmed hat. He walked straight towards me. Well, it was more like gliding but I put my head under my covers and screamed for my parents. The light came on and they asked me what happened, but when I told them, they chalked it up to being a nightmare. Well, this happened about four or five more times, and my mom started to believe me, but my dad wasn't really convinced that the brown jacket man was real. When I started high school, my dad had put two additions on our house, a huge back room and an entire second floor. Me and my brother shared the second floor during high school, the main big room was our bedroom and we had a walk-in closet bathroom. It was here where we had the scariest encounter of our lives. Our bed sat about four or five feet off the floor, and our room at night glowed a dark blue from our ceiling fan's blue light. 
and one night I was lying there trying to sleep when I heard the voice of a man, but it sounded sped up and playing backwards. I had heard this before with other encounters in our home, but it was coming from our closet slash bathroom, and that's when I heard my brother say, Dude, do you hear that? I was so relived that he was awake, but I couldn't believe he heard it too, so I replied, The voice that sounds like it's talking backwards? Yeah, I hear it. We both sat up in our beds, and the voice kept talking. We started to hear footsteps with the voice which was now pacing back and forth. Then the door handle started freaking out. I am getting chills just typing and rethinking about this. So I leaned over my bed rail so I could see the door handle shaking. My brother looked as if he was going to jump out of his bed and run down the damn stairs. But then the door opened, and I instantly said, What do you see? Because the way my brother's bed was positioned, he could see right into the closet. But he said he saw nothing in the doorway, and then slam... The door whipped shut and he jumped out of bed and turned on the lights. We finally got our courage up and opened the door and checked both the closet and bathroom, but nothing was in there, and the voice had ceased. We thought maybe it was one of our cats, but nothing was in there, and the windows were shut too. I got back in my bed and my brother stood next to me, and we talked about what the hell just happened, when suddenly I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. I was looking at my brother but he noticed it too because we both turned to look at the same time, and this white cloud-looking thing shot under our futon, and we both froze. We looked under the futon, but once again, nothing. We stayed up for a couple hours that night discussing what happened, and we still discuss it to this day. As time went on, the door handle would occasionally flip out again, and the door would open and slam. Some of my friends witnessed this as well and me and my brother saw the hat man a couple times in the early morning standing in the middle of our room. My dad would tell us, why would there be ghosts upstairs? I just built it. Why would it be haunted? My mom, however, finally believed us one day, as I stayed home sick from school. We were watching a movie in the family room, which was right under me in my brother's bedroom, and we heard the closet door fly open upstairs and something ran across the room and then ran back to the closet and it slammed closed. My mom turned her head to me and she freaked out. What if was that? She said, and I just replied with, See? I told you. Other things were often heard too. I would often hear a little girl laughing or talking. She would even say my name from time to time. One time she whispered hi into my ear as I was laying in my bed one morning. My brother and I had a theory that ghosts were connected to this old baseball bat that was found in my parents' closet when they first moved in the house. It was a dark red wooden bat that had the year 1901 on it. We still have the bat but my brother has since sanded it down and made it smooth, which I did not agree with, but he did it anyway. We moved out of the house in the late 2000s, but the hat man followed, and so did some activity. No reverse talking ghosts, though. Sometimes I thought of ringing the doorbell and asking the new family that lives there if they have experienced anything. The last time I saw the hat man was a few years ago, maybe 2012 or 2013. I was experimenting with lucid dreaming and astral travel and... One night I awoke with sleep paralysis and sometimes I wouldn't see anything during sleep paralysis and other times I would see shadow people or a black thing sitting on my chest, but this time the hat man was at the foot of my bed and he had two children with him, one at each side. Both of these kids looked old-timey. They were dressed as if they wee from the early 1900 and yes. One was a boy maybe around the age of 10-12 and he had an old-looking suit on and the other was a little girl in a white dress. She was probably 6-7 years old and I instantly thought, that's the girl that said hi, and then they vanished.